Listening to the Brothers Whim. So we wanted to kick this episode off um, just by telling you guys about the first place we sort of investigated um, more thoroughly. And I guess we've there was, there was actual research behind it and a plan. Yeah, because we, we've gone out and checked out some places locally, you know, gone to some graves or whatever and played with Ouija, you know, checked out the Ouija board in the area and just kind of, um, we went to like a demolished uh, like mental hospital. We went to this place that used to be this weird cult that had a bunch of Egyptian statues throughout the forest. It was weird. And they were all really cool, but we didn't really find anything that we were super passionate, um, you know, about talking about, I guess. And... I think that we kind of hit, found our, yeah. struck our chord with uh, going down to um, kind of southeastern Oregon over to a place called Malheur Butte. Um, and you want to talk about the history of that? Yeah, we kind of started to zoom out a little bit and try to see which sort of day trips, overnight trips we could take and see what was a little bit farther out from just Oregon and Washington. Uh, Malheur Butte is uh, an old, um, I guess extinct is the word, extinct volcano now in eastern Oregon that is now private property somebody lives on it so you can't get actually onto the butte legally but it is supposedly haunted and there are stories of people seeing small creatures like imps and witches and rituals and black magic and um, it was really hard to track down any well it was impossible to track down any um, legitimate sources for these but everybody kind of seems to have the same story and everybody Seems to have sightings and and history and know somebody that saw something and all this stuff. So we figured we go out there and and, uh, and check it out ourselves. Yeah. So we we headed out, um, and when we got there, we got there pretty late. You know, we got there probably I don't know midnight yeah, or it was like one in the morning. One, one, one in the one morning, 30. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a time change. We went over <clears> oh yeah, we, we lost an hour. Yeah. Um, or ga- we gained an hour. <clears throat> Yeah, we went ahead. Yes. We jumped ahead one hour. Uh, so we got there, and we, we posted up. And um, on the drive up, you know, we were looking for things, looking for something, anything really creepy or anything we'd want to, like, check out and investigate. And right as we got towards the butte, you know, there's this road that winds up to it. And uh, on the side of the road, there was a memorial for someone who had died in a car accident, like you see with the crosses and the lights and, and all the things there to honor their memory. And so we, you know, pulled over and checked out the memorial. And it was really beautiful, a great sentiment. We looked at the, the kid's story and... It was really sad, and there was a lot of uh, clearly a lot of emotional energy tied up in this memorial. And we figured you know, that might be a good place to try to talk to him or talk to some spirits, anything in the area. You know, if there is a strong spiritual you know connection in this area, and Mal here is you know literally like three hundred yards away from this memorial, and yeah. if there's like this crazy spiritual energy there, maybe there's a chance yeah. um, we, we sat talked with, to. We sat there for about an hour, burned some yeah. incense, tried to talk. Um, yeah, made, we, we made, busted our, out. made our presence known. Yeah, we busted like, out the Ouija board, just tried to talk to any spirits in the area, basically, as respectfully as possible, and um, didn't really get anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of normal. Quiet. That was really quiet. Yeah. Beautiful, you know, um, beautiful evening, clear clear skies. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful night. Moon. We were able to camp across the across the street and have the full butte in, in full view, and we just kind of sat up and, and watched the area for a while and mm-hmm. listened and... Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Not nothing. It was yeah. beautiful. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Nice. But uh, yeah, nothing. No luck. So, 
Um, yeah, we went to bed that night. Um, well, I think you woke up around sunrise, didn't you? Get got some sun sunrise pictures. Yeah, yeah, I read a sunrise. Yeah, so there was nothing yeah. at sunrise either. Yeah, there was a bigfoot outside my window and prints <laughs> and everything. You but I, wake me up. you just forgot about I that. Slept through it. By the way, yeah, I just yeah. slept through. I didn't realize yeah. that there was a nine foot, <laughs> one ton creature yeah. outside that could just crush us in a heartbeat. You know? Yeah. Um, so we didn't find anything out now here, but. Um, you know, it was so beautiful, and I think it was a good kind of start to the trip, and it led us to kind of the next chapter, actually, of yeah, we going got... into town and looking around and asking people stuff. Yeah, we got into town, we got some breakfast, we stopped at a cute little cafe and started talking to some of the baristas and asking about local stories and history and if they knew anything around. Um, one of the baristas, they gave us a, said that there was some sort of underground house or like shack or something. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally used the words underground house. Yeah, she did say that. <laughs> Um, a few blocks away, so we went to go check out that. Um, the other lady had mentioned a lodge out in where was it? Grant's Pass. Grant's Pass, right? That was supposed to be haunted. Legrand. 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 Yeah, yeah, Legrand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not opposite side of the Way state. Way different. Yeah. So yeah, Legrand, Oregon. There was. Yeah, so it was supposedly haunted, but we um, it, they, you needed reservations. They didn't. Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. used stuff. We went so there on the drive home. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. We'll go back and check it out. Stay the night or something. Yeah. Um, see, see if we can get some recordings or like talk to a ghost or something. But uh, we went to this underground house, which just ended up being a, a little underground like bunker, crack house, bunker, honestly. bunker shack thing that yeah was probably used for maintenance, and now it's just a crack house. <laughs> yeah, it's just a crack. I mean, there was uh, graffiti everywhere. There was some you know pentagrams yeah. and some. Uh, satanic stuff, but nothing legitimate. Yeah. It was just yeah. probably just it like looked cool, it looked creepy. If you know, if you're just hanging out, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. So um, after that, because we went, we went into the coffee shop, which was Jolts and Juice Coffee. Right, mm, that was yeah. yeah, Jolts and Juice. Really cute, great place. They gave us those suggestions. We checked them out, but um, nothing really. really. Yeah, we were we were looking we were looking online for other suggestions, and there were a few things like the uh, Canyon Hill Cemetery. Oh yeah, um, yeah, on the on the way down to Nampa. I think it might be in Nampa or just on the outskirts of Nampa. It was on yeah, it was in the other town. Um, Canyon Hill Cemetery. Canyon Hill uh, Cemetery. Yeah, somewhere in, in there. Um, so we stopped there and um, we hung out for a bit with Ouija Ward and mm-hmm. again it was it was reported as being haunted and people saw ghosts and and creatures and things. But um, we were there in the middle of the day and it was just kind of a quick stop. Um, Caldwell. Caldwell. Yeah, town of Caldwell, Idaho. Yeah, the town Caldwell, Idaho, Canyon Hill Cemetery. Yeah. And there's supposedly, <clears throat> like, the myth is that there's this uh, ghost that jogs through, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have any legs. So, I mean, I mean, my question is, is he even jogging at that point? Or are you just mm-hmm. floating? How do you know you're jogging? You're not legs. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, and then there's apparently a uh, a ghost of a woman who, I think, like, sits on a bench and if you, like, watch her for too long, she gets really annoyed and will come tap on your car window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Um, unfortunately, when we were there, it was broad daylight. Uh, we yeah. were kind of buzzed, and we were playing with a Ouija board in the middle of Memorial Day weekend. So uh, there were a lot of people, and I don't think it was super conducive to that environment, but it didn't really feel like a, a place. There were there were no, like, weird vibes. No, nothing, nothing weird about it. It was beautiful. Weird. Yeah, it was, it, was awesome. it was a great, it was a beautiful cemetery. It was a beautiful cemetery. Um, a lot of good energy there, actually, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe on like a foggy, weird night, it can be creepy, but um, yeah. it didn't feel like anything nefarious at all, so. No, no we got really lucky, though, when we, um, I th- I'm, I'm glad that we decided to stretch that little road trip just a little bit out farther mm-hmm. to the Nampa. Um, this place called Pete's Tavern um, was another place on our list that 
um, news stations had gone to and done interviews and all the locals have had experiences there and a lot of really good stories out there. Yeah, that, it it's a cool town. I mean, that part of Idaho is really farmland oriented and uh, pretty rural. So, it, you know, it's kind of a bigger town in the area on the way down to like whatever Twin Falls or Boise, whatever I think is down there. I don't really know. I think know. it would be Boise. Yeah, Boise, I think is what it was. And... <clears throat> This full of really nice people, actually, and um, beautiful town too. I didn't. Yeah, it, it was so that small on the map with the bricks, and, and then, it was really yeah, cool, it was gorgeous. Really cool small town vibe, and we found well, Ethan found online this place called Pete's Tavern, and we went in and uh, to check it out because, like he said, there you know, but news crews and other paranormal investigators because there's apparently you know some spirits in the in the bar that haunt it and do weird things and. And so we went in just to check it out. We did. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I wasn't expecting much, honestly. No, neither was I. But I was a little. I was. I was kind of actually glad to see. Just um, it was very refreshing to actually sit at a bar for once and like have a cigarette and a drink and like talk to people and right. like. That was that was the part of the first thing that hit. Yeah, us. we were a little distracted and we were just kind of like, wow, this is actually really nice. <laughs> like, this yeah. is just kind of like. Yeah, chill. I think we came in with like a kind of a preconceived notion of what we wanted to find. Yeah. A little bit, and then we got there, and you know, sure as shit, you could smoke in the bar. So we got, <clears> you know, we rolled some cigarettes and we grabbed some beers and. Within minutes, I mean, yeah. we were just... We were so nice, so yeah, friendly. Everybody was so kind. We were yeah. talking to the bartender. I feel like a lot we of small to, towns don't do that either. A lot right. of small towns are kind of like, uh, well, who are you? Like, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't know them, then it's kind of just weird. Yeah, it's usually... I mean, sometimes vibes in those types of bars can be a little off-putting. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this was just they were joy. They super friendly. They were so kind, super nice. Everybody was really open, talkative, sharing about their experiences with mm-hmm. the ghosts in the bars, which could range from, like, you know, seeing it out of the corner of your eye to objects move to things shift or things fall that you know couldn't fall or shift on their own because it's either you know against gravity or it um it just couldn't have happened like that there was yeah. you know there one... were multiple like um regulars there that we had talked to that mm-hmm. that would see someone come in the door oh, yeah. and then it would pass behind them they look over their shoulder and no one's there they ask the bartender does someone just come in they say no yeah so there's a lot of that a lot of like like yeah. uh, like hands on the on your back on your shoulder and they turn around nobody's there yeah, a lot of physical interaction yeah like, it's actually. not just like vibes it was a lot of yeah uh, there's the one with I think the owner had like a mirror up on the wall at some point um, during like a party. There was like a mirror, and then the it was like really heavy old mirror. Oh and yeah, it, it came kept back, coming off the wall, and it, it came down off yeah. the wall. And they remember putting up like it couldn't yeah. have come yeah, down like fallen or cracked or anything because it, it was wasn't just, broken. The yeah. mirror was totally fine. Yeah. You have to like lift it up to take it off yeah. the wall, then place it down. Yeah, it, it, the back of this bar has this really cool party area that they have where it's like this old cave that's been built out of like paper mache, and it looks like you're in a cave, and it's this really cool vibe. It's got an old walk-in freezer from like the 60s or something yeah. and the bait i mean the, the whole building was built in like 1886 yeah before and, the renovations too in that back room that same back mm-hmm. room is used as a speakeasy during prohibition yeah <clears throat> um and it has like the little the latch on the door for the password and mm-hmm. you, can, you can have the little buzzer super and old school a lot of history like, in this building yeah, it was really really cool, cool. there's some old like chinese tunnels underground that got uh, mm-hmm. boarded up and bricked yeah because it used stuff. to be a chinese laundry <clears throat> and then the the folks that owned it at the time were using the tunnels to um, transport immigrants and yeah and yeah because tra- they were really persecuted back then Any, anybody from China mm-hmm. or of Asian origin was really persecuted mm-hmm. back then so they used these tunnels underground to yeah. travel so they wouldn't be yeah. accosted on on the streets or anything yeah. like that but I um, think I think it was the laundry first and then the butcher shop and then uh yeah well it was laundry the, first because upstairs was the, the brothel tavern. There right. was a brothel upstairs. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So then they I come don't. off the trains, and mm-hmm. there was the bar up front, <clears throat> laundry in the back, and then the brothel upstairs, I that believe, is what it was. And, I mean, anyways, as you can tell, there's, like, a lot of history in this building, a lot of really, you know, complicated past and a lot of complicated emotions tied up in this very specific place, in this very specific building. And 
uh, it was really cool uh, to get to check it out and see and yeah linda barr and uh, her her husband gary barr are the owners they bought it in 96 and um, she was telling me stories about <clears throat> about pete and, and his wife was it or was it she did she which one of them passed away and she only knew one of them she knew the wife she knew the wife yeah because the wife would she told us a story where wife the wife was like pete was the previous owner before linda and her and husband still pete's tavern and it, but it's still called pete's tavern and she told us a story of why she knew or how because she knew uh pete's wife and pete's wife wouldn't marry pete unless pete took down this giant or painted over this gigantic new mm. painting above the bar i'm just like i'm a <laughs> naked girl and he did that and uh and so they got married, I guess, is the story. And and we'll never see it because the yeah. wallpaper that he put over it is, like, fused to the wall. So walks is such old wallpaper, you'll never be able to actually, like, yeah. pull it off without ruining what's behind it. <clears throat> There's a lot of that kind of, like, encapsulated permanent history that you'll never mm-hmm. be able to see in, mm-hmm. in the bar. There's The two like, revolvers from, um, was it Budweiser? Cool, yes. Coors? Yes, Budweiser. Budweiser. I think. I think it was Budweiser. Yeah. We, when bars used to buy enough uh, beer from Budweiser, they would send you, like, these these plaques with like old revolvers on them and yeah. like as a like reward and they had two of them so they'd bought a shitload of Budweiser over the years and yeah it was, that it was, was pretty really rad. cool to see like the posters on the ceilings were all these like pinup girls and and the posters were so old like the ones that had shifted a little bit uh, behind them was like pure white tile but the rest of it from the cigarette smoke was just like black yeah it was just like this brown black and she you know Linda said that the bar like the ceiling had never been cleaned they don't touch the posters because they're so old they're just going to crumble. There were paintings from the 40s on the wall. They had a cash yeah. register there from the 30s mm-hmm. that weighed like 300 pounds, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. They haven't moved that insane. cash register forever. Mm-hmm. But it still works. Like, yeah. The shoe yeah, still use works. it. I love that. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of great history, a lot of yeah. cool people, honestly. The, incredible the spot people. on the bar where the same regular came in oh, for yeah. like 30 years and yeah. placed his mug in the same spot. It was worn down into the bar Ugh. and replaced his mug. That was so cool. That was, yeah. There was a, lo- a lot of those stories that Linda told us about the community surrounding the bar and we, you know, we went mm-hmm. there to investigate some hauntings and some, maybe some paranormal stuff to get some cool stories. But what we found out was really that probably the most interesting and the most inspiring part about the bar was the community mm-hmm. surrounding it. So the owner, Linda, had a lot of stories about the community um, surrounding it for the entirety of the time she's owned it. And I guess the one that stuck out to me the most, which I think speaks volumes about the bar and how special of a place it is, um, is uh, she had a regular for a really long time, a really long time. And uh, he moved away and came back um, and, you know, kept going back to the bar. And then uh, uh, while he was dying, his like last request was to come into the bar and get a beer um, because it was like his favorite place ever. And he came in, they wouldn't let him drink, but he got like a soda and sat at the bar one last time. Yeah, his and doctor his, told him no. <laughs> his doctor told him no beer. So he got a soda um, and he sat there until he got tired and then he left. But that was one of his dying wishes was to go back to that bar. And I think that that hit. I mean, Linda got all teary eyed and, and it was just a really special moment. And I think that that's really important. It's just, it just speaks volumes about the people that go there in the community that, you know, um, is kind of the result of a place like that. And it's really awesome. I mean, the bartenders, the the people we met there were just incredible. I mean, the bartender, Debbie. You know, yeah, Debbie. Yeah. yeah, she she was telling us about a book called The Devil's Harvest um, about a farmer in that town or near a nearby town that uh, 
they were supposedly possessed by the devil and almost killed his wife and had all these troubles and they exorcised him and he was possessed again. Um, did he kill himself or did he die? I think he might have killed himself. Oh, yeah, I think but, so. But he, but he died, like, as a result of all this. Okay, yeah, I think he killed um, himself. Yeah, because supposedly the devil was trying to get him to kill his wife and he killed Ended himself killing instead. killing himself instead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, but she, she knew the family. She knew... Uh, most of the people in that book that were related to the situation. She grew up in that town and in that area, and she didn't even really realize that there was a book until years later, and she was like, oh, my God, I know these people. Um, so that's just wild to me. I love hearing, like, the little connections and, like, tracing things back. It's mm. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, we talked to probably, I mean, five, six people at the bar yeah. there that were regulars, and they were all yeah. drinking there. And yeah. we had everything from, you know, stories about the ghosts there in the bar to ghosts where they grew up to different types of spiritual and paranormal encounters and beliefs about God and spirits and death. And one of the, the ladies I was sitting next to, she, um, I was talking to her and she told me, you know, her, her father was a preacher, um, and he had performed exorcisms and she had been there and seen them. And, uh, some of the crazy stuff she saw with these, these, uh, ceremonies where they like expelled demons from people's bodies. And she does not mess around with that stuff and you can tell like, she was very serious when she mm -hmm. talked about it and she laughed and stuff but uh, she did not yeah. think that that stuff was something you should mess with or play around with and yeah. once we were done talking about it she, she got up and left and yeah. I don't think she really yeah. liked it huge, that much huge, huge impact on her though yeah. like, she was very serious about it she that was, was super, really interesting yeah super like nope that's real no doubt in my mind I don't like it and you're like oh man that's for sure. And yeah. she was she was very convicted. Yeah, we both kinda got into conversations with people on either side of our our bar our bar ends and uh lady next to me, Shannon, she was uh I think she had had a few um experiences in a house she grew up in. Um but mostly we just started talking about her art and she pulled out her sketchbook and a book about the history of art and started showing me all these sketches and pictures and talking to me about history and um, she was just so sweet she was so so interested in what we were doing and and where we're from and I think it was just really nice for to, to just make that connection and and you know connect with somebody on, on a different level even if that's not what we're there for and she ended up actually gifting me the her sketchbook and I got to take that home and I thought that was really sweet and she yeah. was she was really wonderful yeah it was, it was really really special to see that that was really cool and I think it's funny about the whole experience is that, you know, the reports of the paranormal and the reports of the ghosts were something everybody liked to talk about and really appreciated talking about, and it was fun. But then we started asking them their personal life stories, their personal mm -hmm. questions, and these things about who they were and how they perceived it and what their thoughts were. Uh, everybody lit up. Like, they were just yeah. so excited. Yeah. I mean, the it's owner, Linda, she, she really loved talking about it. You could see, like, at first when we went on this tour with her the first couple of questions we asked her she seemed pretty out of it she didn't realize it's super there not like crazy interested mm -hmm. and then we started getting more personal with her and asking her her experiences her life stories and like really taking an interest because we really want to know these people and and their lives and it just changed you know the whole demeanor changed and the whole tour changed and um, she took us down into the like the the basement where the tunnels were that got boarded up and talked about the history of the place and all of her experiences and um Everybody was really, really appreciative of the fact that we wanted their take on it. And I think yeah. that the, the paranormal aspect of it, the ghosts, is just one kind of facet that ties this community together. It's another like kind of string 
in this tapestry of their relationships. And I think that that's a really cool thing that people bond over something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Once people know you're not just a reporter or a writer, you're not just like pulling out a notebook mm-hmm. and like making check marks. And that's literally what Shannon said. She's like, you guys are bloggers, huh? And we're like, nope, yeah, yeah, not bloggers, yeah. You know? yeah. No, we're just, we're just here for the stories. We're here for us really. Like even yeah. if we're doing this podcast, it's them. still so much yeah. fun. Like we just, I just want to make that connection with people. I want to make that connection with the living while they're still here and, and hear these stories and hear this history. Cause it's so special. And it's really nice to make that connection with new people. Yeah. It's, you know, along the same idea of the only ghosts that we really leave behind are the ones we choose to, mm-hmm. that legacy and what we decide to leave behind, how we impact people, how we influence yeah. others and the kind of the, the, uh, yeah. identity we leave behind yeah. is the impression that people Especially are going to have. Especially after this past year of a pandemic and all this quarantining and is that yeah. word? all the quarantines and people staying home and masking up. There's been so much separation between each other and so much so many barriers, even physical, even when you're on public, you have this mask, you can't really see people, you don't, like, you can look into somebody's eyes, and you can talk, you have to speak up, and there's just all this, you know, say six feet apart, and, like, it's it's mm-hmm. good, we want people to be safe, but, like, it's it's really difficult to, like, maintain true connections and friendships and, like, relationships of any kind, and you can't really, like, how many new friends did you make in 2020 during quarantine? Like, how many, like, new people did you hang out with? You know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, it's just it's just too dangerous, and people are too worried and, and scared. And we just we want to focus on reconnecting again and like bringing people closer and and filling out that community. I think and spooky stuff is like the perfect way to do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because that you know something that people can communally come around and be like, oh man, it's scarier. That's fun. Or this is interesting. This happened to me. Well, this is my story. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a voice. And I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. That everybody has something to say, and everybody can be heard. And yeah. and I mean, I mean, fuck, dude. Like it was pre-pandemic, we were like that already. We have social media. We have phones. We mm-hmm. have things that distance ourselves and separate ourselves from the people we love and creating new relationships and it's a pervasive issue everywhere you go so mm-hmm. i think that the pandemic really like screwed that up and it was just so cool to be in that social environment again and see these people who just I don't know, they were almost craving connection and like yeah. we weren't from there they didn't know us and they were just so, so kind welcoming. so nice yeah and just so hospitable and and willing to share their stories their i mean Debbie showed she shared like her entire life story. She talked about mm-hmm. all sorts of things like personal, like abuse, and all these things that she went through in her life that were just like she was so open and so mm-hmm. kind and so caring yeah. about it. And a lot of these people have you know they have these values that are based in Christianity and and based in belief systems and different varying ideas. Mm-hmm. And and it was just really evident that um, regardless of how everybody thought and how everybody what everybody believed in. They all shared this common theme about how much they loved that bar and the history mm-hmm. around it and the, the mm-hmm. hauntings and the ghosts about it and the cool there's this so great, really yeah. cool aura about it. You know, yeah. And everybody really has a voice, but there are so few ears to listen, you know, and if we can go out there and meet new people and be that ear, then it, you really you really get to see something special from that. Yeah, it's not it's not a ghost story on a, a Reddit page yeah. or on YouTube. It's not yeah. a YouTube video. Yeah. That's you know, it's fun to start with, but then you just you that's move, all fun you move to start with. So but that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what it is are the people, the stories, the places. You know, it's like Pete's Tavern is haunted. And you're like, well, cool, that's a building, but it's Who's not that? it's not an establishment. It doesn't have stories without people, mm-hmm. and that's the most important part. I think that's the critical part. Yeah, well, and um, yeah, that whole trip went super well. I think kind of in a different direction than we expected, but. I mean, we left that bar, and I think we were in silence for probably a good 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. just trying to process. I mean, we were there for like four hours, like touring oh, yeah. and talking oh, and drinking yeah. and smoking. Oh, with these it people. felt like five minutes. It was just it, blink of an it, eye. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was incredible. I, we even left our trip, but we even came home early just because we were excited to like get started and like yeah. write things down and like do this fresh. And that was really great. That's pretty much our story. And 
uh, this time for this episode. And, you know, next time we're going to probably have some interviews to play and some more audio and some more actual, like, media for you guys, uh, more pictures and stuff like that. But this time around, you know, just kind of that first trip out, um, we were kind of taken by surprise and honestly mm-hmm. not super prepared for what we were going to find. I didn't have my you know, my hand recorder. We weren't taking, like, crazy notes. We were just kind of enraptured by the whole thing, honestly. It was really overwhelming mm-hmm. and really cool. So now I think we're going to be um, going forward with a little bit more focus and uh, have a little bit more for you guys to, to listen to, to look at on Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like we felt a little bit lost at first. We didn't really have too much of a direction. And I'm really excited in the, uh, about the direction that we're taking this and, and getting to make those connections and learn the stories from the actual people behind the stories. So we're really excited. We're going to get back out there soon and plan our next trip and get some more recordings and some more stories for you guys. So please stay tuned for that. If you have any questions, feel free to email us. Our email is on Instagram at thebrotherswim, W-H-I-M-M. You can hit us, hit us up there. You can email us, reach out to us however you want. Um, we'll be here. Yeah, and we're always looking for ideas. So if you know of a haunted place mm-hmm. and want us to come to a place in the year, check a place out. Um, yeah. near you or, or anything like that talented anything like that in the US like you know we're, we're yeah, always looking for interviews and stories and people so. so don't hesitate to reach out thank you guys thank you <laughs>